Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. The only true God is an eternal revelation. He's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. He's the most wonderful, beautiful person in the universe. Humans were born to fellowship with Him. Amen. Lord, we welcome You to this time. And I, I bless those listening. Fill them with Your wonderful Holy Spirit. If they're not saved, save them. I believe with them for their healing. This is Wonder in Reality. My name is Jim. Lord, send out laborers into the harvest fields in the Middle East. More than 450 million people in Jesus' name. By any means possible. Amen. Amen. The theme of this brief message is that the Lord God is one. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is God. He's God Almighty. The Holy Spirit is God Almighty. Really, the universe, we can safely say that the universe exists in Him. Heaven is filled with His glorious presence. And earth, the earth is also. Amen. Anyone who is saved is one with the Almighty God. And, and to think that Jesus Christ is God, that He's... We just furnished the vessel. We, if, if we seek Him with... If someone seeks Him with their whole heart, they will find the treasure. And that's, that's the purpose of living. That's, the, that's why humans are on the earth. Those who simply say yes to Him and who, who know Jesus as Lord and Savior, for all eternity, they will fellowship with Him. And, and you know, they will live in His home, heaven, the third heaven. They will fellowship with the Almighty God. Who's one? That that's that's what I it's just I had to, even today this revelation. And 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 this is this can transform someone. The Holy Spirit reveals this wonderful truth and everything to someone. And and the Holy Spirit is God. He he does all these wonderful things in someone that we want to have, that we want and need, and that we, the Bible teaches. But He does them when we furnish the vessel. That's, I heard a, gr a great teaching by a man of God about how we are three in one. We have a spirit person, if we're born again, and a soul and a body. And our soul can be pulled towards our natural man, our body, or to, to our spirit person. And it's, this, it's a great teaching, and the Bible, of course, teaches about that. You know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And 
but it's so simple, so wonderful that we can have a relationship with Him. A relationship. 24 hours a day. Every day. If, if the most powerful king on the earth, the richest, most powerful king on the earth offered to have a relationship with us or even offered just to meet with us for, for let's say, 10 minutes sometime in the future, well, we would just look forward to that, right? We would just, any person on the earth would, they, you know, we, we would... It's, it's 2022 right now. If the king said, well, I'm, I want to meet with you in two years for on this particular date and and I'm going to fly you to my kingdom and meet. I mean it would just and and he said I've got some things that I want to give you <laughs> forget all that because the almighty god has offered himself fully to every person Jesus Christ is god almighty we sometimes we we don't realize that sometimes we And His glorious presence. is so wonderful, He's beyond human words. And, and I, that's what I want to hone in on. I, I may say it in several different ways and repeat myself, but... But there's just there's one thing that is the the solution, the answer, the solves everything. The one thing, the wonderful presence of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. That one thing. That's exactly what Jesus revealed in the first and greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. When someone does that, they can find the treasure, and that's what transforms us. That's the both personally and then also for ministry. We as humans do many other things. We as believers do many, many other things. We think that it's we have to study the Bible or we have to. Um, approach it intellectually or we have to understand th things. You know, God is spirit and and He's a person. He's It's a relationship. And, and again, I want to emphasize this is such a glorious revelation that He solves everything we don't have to worry. We don't have to strive or we might think, oh, it's going to be, we've got to study the Bible and, you know, it's going to be difficult and long, uh, take a long time and we've got to, it's going to be laborious and we've got to go to church and just drag ourselves to church. No, that's totally wrong. 
the presence of Jesus is so wonderful, he, He's beyond human words and beyond description. The glorious splendor of, of His majesty, that's the Lord Himself. That's a great man of God. I've heard him say often that the presence of God stills the soul and calms the soul. And famous verse in Isaiah, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. Jesus said, come unto me all ye that labor and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly, humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. He's the good shepherd. He's the, the bread of life. He satisfies fully. Fully, completely. Like he even he said that. You know, anyone who drinks this living, the water that I shall give him will never thirst. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. He said it as clear as he, as he could. Now, I was thinking about something earlier, just briefly, okay, the Bible does not use the word Trinity, right? That, and yet that's central to our faith, central. For all eternity will be central to our faith. As far as I know, Jesus did not come out and just say humans were born to fellowship with God. But yet, that's, I believe that that is true. I believe it's absolutely true. Jesus did give the parable, number three, Jesus did give the parable of the treasure hidden in a field. He said it very clearly. Someone who finds the treasure will sell everything they have and then for joy go and, sit and buy, buy that field. And... and um, He's speaking about the Holy Spirit, the God Himself. He's speaking about... Um, but at the same time, as far as I know, He, he did not come out and say, uh, My presence in glory is... is uh, Everything that a person dreams of, for example, he. I mean, forget. I just want to continue to hone in on that one thing because we don't hear this a lot. We hear we have a we hear a lot of teachings. And, and, and it's frustrating to, to think about the fact that most believers are in dead religion. 2.3 billion Catholics and Christians, and that's a, the, a fantastic, wonderful, uh, the largest uh, fact. You know, it's the largest people group in, in world history, probably. Amen. But most are in dead religion. Reinhard Bonnke said you must come out of dead religion. 
you, the, another great man of God that I refer to often, he talks about that. He said some people are so educated, God can't use them. They're so, in, you know... Uh, Here's another one to add to that list I was speaking about earlier. We know now that heaven is filled with the wonderful presence of Jesus. Amen. The Holy Spirit. All of heaven. So glorious. So wonderful. It's just like... And yet, as far as I know, the Bible does not say that. It does not say heaven is filled with the presence of Jesus Christ. It, it might. I could be wrong about that, but it does. It's angels are made from God's glory. They they carry the the glory of God uh, permeates their being, and God's divine power radiates from them. They're made from God's glory. Also, they have the nature of Jesus Christ. His love, His compassion, His giving nature, His amen. And yet again, the Bible, uh, I don't think it says anywhere that some, that some of those things, it doesn't say, you know, angels are made from God's glory and and that they, they have the nature of Jesus Christ. I read that in a, recently in a book uh, about someone about someone who by someone who had encounters with angels that they have the nature of Jesus Christ. That's a glorious revelation. Jesus Christ is God and and yet He serves and He gives. He's a servant. He said, I did not come to... uh..." He even said, you know, I didn't... Well, we know He's a servant. He He left heaven, came to the earth as a man, served humanity for three years in His ministry and then died for the world. (laughs) I mean, there's... he he's the greatest servant in world history. In fact, he's the Lord of all. Yet he became the servant of all, even though he's God. So, and he said, of course, I did, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He gives. He loves. He saves. He heals. All these wonderful things. To think that's God's nature. And so that's angels have that same nature. Billions upon billions of angels. Tens of billions. And they're all serving God and serving humanity. I mean, even specifically, God has appointed angels for every child on the earth and they're in he- in heaven and they always see God's face. It's like they're completely attentive to whatever God wants them to do. It's just incredible. It's incredible. Angels, the whole topic and subject of angels is just it's just fascinating and just awe-inspiring and just glorious and yet 
most human beings don't even realize that angels are, are like that, or so wonderful. So the Holy Spirit reveals all these wonderful things. At the same time, you know, Jesus was very specific in speaking about what will happen to unbelievers for eternity. Very specific and descriptive uh, about that subject. He did not hide it. He said it is clear. It, 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 uh, it, as I said recently, it could be that He spoke about that subject in as many ways as he possibly could have. And it's more than 50 times that he spoke about what, in the Gospels, he spoke about what will happen to unbelievers for eternity. That they will, they'll be in the everlasting fire, um, in hell, in the everlasting fire, in fire and burned in a place of torment. He used that word specifically. In fact, he actually quoted someone who's in hell. And, and that uh, quoted what they said while in hell and what they are experiencing and what they are being tormented with. And, and that's where the, uh, this person in hell, the rich man in the parable of the rich man Lazarus said, in this place of torment... I'm tormented in this flame. He said it is clear as, as I, I mean, it's just incredible to think that that one parable uh, has many, many completely unique and, and um, things that are only in revelations and truths and, and that are only in that parable that it's about a person who two people on the earth one who ended up in paradise one who ended up in in hell it says Hades but that's hell and quoted the person in hell literally directly quoted them because Jesus Christ is God and he knows what everyone is saying and 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 this person in hell said these things and said, uh, I'm, he said, I, please give me some water. It reveals that there's no water in hell, that he was thirsty, and that also that he had his memory of his five brothers on the earth, that he had his mind. So Jesus revealed in several places, uh, such as in Matthew 10, chapter 10, that humans, uh, people who end up in hell in, in uh have their body and their soul. Their body and their soul for all eternity. They have their mind and their emotions. They have their memory. They have their memory of... <clears throat> They're in a place of torment. They... For all eternity. So... so I at least want to make this point. I'm, I'm kind of saying some things like that maybe the Bible does not come out and just say or, or such as the Trinity. But it, it, it is 
very, very specific, and Jesus was very specific about such things as about heaven and hell. And he, heaven is is pro, is probably his the subject that he spoke about the most. Heaven and aspects of heaven, using that word heaven, the kingdom of heaven, speaking about heaven specifically, what's going on there, about his father, of course. That that may be also his. Actually, so I, I want to clarify things. It could be that that the subject that he spoke about the most was his father because he used that word father more than 150 times possibly more than 175 times if you just count in the Strong's Concordance about his father and he spoke about his father using the words he and the one numerous times so it could be more than 200 more than 225 times and his father, of course, in heaven. That's the first line of the Lord's prayer, the revelation of prayer. Our father who is in heaven. Amen. So that, but, but what the reason I say heaven is because kingdom of heaven is one of his most frequent topics. And of course, he spoke about heaven, about angels 14 times and at least and so, so very specific about heaven and about hell. Here's an example. He, he said in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, it's revealed when Lazarus died, the angels carried him to paradise. That's the place before the resurrection of Jesus Christ that saints went. So this reveals that when the saint dies or a child dies, Angels come and carry them to heaven. Amen. That's in the Bible. It's not a, that there's no debate or discussion. Okay. There's a parable also that I just, I've been listening to the Bible on audio, and a parable that says angels will cast unbelievers into the furnace of fire where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Cast is a word that Jesus used also numerous, several times in, in different contexts and in different ways. But cast means throw. Cast into outer darkness. Cast. Such branches are picked up uh, any branch that does not bear fruit, that's in the true vine passage, is uh, cast out and is withered. Cast out. Anyone in Revelation, the book of Revelation, anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Thrown. This is a specific truth in Revelation that there's no debate or discussion and if Jesus said it just once, it's, it's eternally important. But He said it several times. And so that no one can dispute this or, or debate. It means throw. And so we could safely say that 
I actually don't even want to con conjecture about what specifically happens, but whether it's demons who throw people into hell or whether it's, I mean, we have even modern revelations. Mary Baxter, uh, when Jesus took her on tours of hell and, and, and it's in Divine Revelation of Hell by Mary Baxter, she saw lost souls falling into hell, into the jaws of hell. So it's likely that they came in through the mouth and into the jaws. And Jesus said, this goes on night and day. She even writes that when someone, an unbeliever dies, that demons with chains will drag them into hell. Now, now so let's just take, let's just, you know, she's been to hell. <laughs> Jesus took her to hell, to heaven, and showed her incredible revelations. And, and so that's likely, that's what happens. And, and uh, it's a scary, scary thing. It's a very, very... I mean, I don't hear people talking about this. I don't hear... Uh, I heard a, a great a, a man of God, when he spoke about what hell is like, he said it's the blackest of darkness forever. Well, Jesus didn't... Jesus spoke about what will happen to unbelievers more than 50 times. Um, and I don't know if that's one of them. Uh <clears throat> So my point is there, there, there's some things that are very, very specific that the Bible says. You know, such as fire. Jesus said it's the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Everlasting fire. He said, fear God who has the power to destroy both body and soul in hell. Destroy body, soul. He said it just as clear as he could. Let me shift gears. The wonderful presence of Jesus, that is the answer. The anointing solves everything. He, he transforms us. And, and Reinhard Bonnke said He changes us radically and totally. Amen. And we can be set free. Jesus said... If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And then, just a few verses later, if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. And, and so, the, the, the rest of the New Testament after the Gospels, I believe that's these patriarchs of the faith, of course, such as the Apostle Paul, writing about this wonderful unspeakable mystery and revelation of Jesus Christ in us. And he called it the riches of the glory of the mystery. And he, he wrote about it as much as he possibly could, but there's no way to... It's, it's beyond human words. What, what happens with it when someone just does what Jesus says to do? You know, seek Him with their whole... Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And also, lose your old nature. That's one of Jesus' main teachings. Lose your old nature. Die. And that's when someone 
can experience his presence and glory. So Paul writing these wonderful things, it's an effort to put it into human words, but it's beyond words. So he said, he wrote things like, be transformed, uh, we beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are transformed into his image from glory to glory. <clears throat> That's a very famous passage. It's wonderful. It's this, but people may wonder, well, wait, what does that really mean? It's beyond words. He wrote about it so eloquently, and, and he's, of course, a patriarch you know, the, of the, of the a preeminent patriarch of the faith, of course. <clears throat> but it's, it's impossible to put it into human words. And when someone has the relationship with, with the Almighty God, they're actually living and experiencing what the writers of the New Testament are writing about and what Jesus spoke about. They're actually doing it They're, and living it and experiencing it. That's the best way. Um, amen, amen. Many thanks to our partners of this ministry. Some really exciting things are happening. And I, I did, you know, people are finding the podcast, the books, the websites, more on this in the coming days, but please visit wonder, wonderreality.org. Thank you for following this podcast and blessings.